Dave, did you watch Love Island last night? I didn't, unfortunately, mate. Shit kicked off, man. I was busy. <laughs> what? Shit kicked off. I was too, Dave, watching Love Island. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, it's The Incredibles 2. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. And I'm Austin. And just like The Incredibles 2, we're getting ready for an incredible summer. <laughs> That's just automatic now. The, no, no, it's, the you just, you right it's coming. Okay, does anybody have an alternative tagline then? Uh, I mean, we are having an incredible summer here in the UK with sweltering temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. Okay. So if you've never heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that, but there'll be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some terrible xylophone and playing a bad impression or two and a lot of banter uh, before we get on to the bulk of the show this is just to say that this is a bonus episode we're reviewing something that's currently out of the cinema at the moment with incredibles 2 our last bonus episode that we reviewed was jurassic world 2 and austin you were the judge and you decided that the film should be placed on the shit list. Do you agree with your verdict? Not in the slightest, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like you guys all led me up up the wrong path there. It was I, actually I, a really, really good film. I tried to stay in the right yeah. direction, mate. <laughs> it was genuinely very entertaining, and I thought it was better than the first Jurassic World, by, I, by a long way. I you did watch did Jurassic really? World 2. No, Jurassic, yeah, number two. Jurassic yeah. Park 2. Equally, both of them are very good films, and I think you are giving them all of the men involved and women involved in them a disservice. Wow, I'm with, I'm with Aussie. I'm with Aussie. I think Jurassic World Two. Is How much have really they paid you? <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think all the arguments did hold up. Uh, did hold up well when I was watching it. I was aware of everyone's gripes, but um, I thought overall it was a really entertaining film. It had some really good set pieces. I, it was, I it defended was a good it, film. and I disagree with you. So. Yeah, I know. Well, like, well actually, I was. One of the things I was going to say, I actually think those points, your defence that you put up there is essentially as a joke. I think they they, they actually ring through. Yeah. I, did, I didn't mean it was a joke. I was trying to do my best yeah. to defend it, but wow, I didn't agree so with anything. I think it was a good uh, a good film about conservation and we should start looking after the world, whether it be dinosaurs that don't exist or, or otherwise. Just the planet. I'll look after the dinosaurs that don't exist, you guys. So, so <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for that, Austin. So, before we kickstart the trial, let's have a little bit of news. Hey, well yeah, done. like that. Well done. Nice. I just had to kind of figure it out then <laughs> while you were talking about Jurassic World. Well, pretty amazing that you remember that just off the top of your head. It's such a memorable tune, you know. Five right. notes again. Five notes. <laughs> Listen to me, mate. I swear down. I swear down. The next film that we're going to do, you are playing the the xylophone for. Anyway, right. So what we do here is we go round in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. And this week, it's quite a good one actually because this weekend just gone is San Diego Comic Con. So there's been a lot of news coming from there and a lot of new trailers as well. So I thought this week's news is going to centre around those trailers. So without further hesitation, Dave, was there a trailer in particular that you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, I'm going to mention. Godzilla 2 King of Monsters which was uh, which was released at Comic Con I've got to admit 
the trailer itself doesn't look great. Has anyone had a chance to see it? Yes. Yet? Yeah, it, it's not great in itself. It's nothing to shout home about. I'm a little confused by what was actually going on there. Doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. But I had a quick look at it, I read a little further into it. The cast is fantastic. I well, mean, I saw bits of them in the trailer there, but you got Vera Farmiga, who I think is fantastic. You got Millie Bobby Brown, who did a great job in Stranger Things. Time will tell if she has a career from that. Bradley Whitford, Sally Hawkins, Charles Dance, Ken Wantanabe, Zhang Ziyi, who we just did Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon not so yeah. long ago. Is this, it's a hell of a cast. Is this, um, I haven't uh, researched this at all, but the, is this anything to do with the previous Godzilla film? I believe so, and... I know they were going to make a universe from that, one. And they? Kong Skull Island. It's yeah. connected to all of those. Ooh, see, that that massively, like, my interest is just dispelled. I was really into the trailer, mainly just because Vera Farmiga is in, and I really like her as an She's actress. And also, sorry, from Stranger Things, Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown. Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. So I, I liked it. I wasn't, I didn't think I'd like the trailer at all, but them being in it made me interested. But now knowing it's sort of be tying in some sort of franchise, I'm now less into it, I have to be honest. Just yeah. like The Incredibles. Oh, ouch. Ow. Ow. A, a subtle Ow. dig at what's going to come next. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> hey, order, order. Joel. It's okay uh, when I'm doing it, but not when. <laughs> okay, Joel, right. Um, what, what was. What, yeah, what? I wanted to talk about Shazam. And. Um, <laughs> yes, an Australian superhero. Uh, what are we talking about again? <laughs> Shazam, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was great, the trailer. Like, I, I was seriously surprised. I think they've done a really kind of new direction with it obviously shazam as a superhero of modern times is um a bit of a joke to be honest because um you know the whole way he gets his superpowers and stuff he has to shout shazam a big lightning bolt comes down from the sky and transforms him and i like the way that they've gone with that route and kind of made it into a, a bit of a comedy uh and it kind of it's kind of got like a bit of a deadpool feel to it but more of like a a family kind mm, of feel yeah, to deadpool definitely. which is great because dc has always tried to go down the dark route uh as, Ever since the Dark Knight, everything had to be friggin' dark. It's like, let's make it dark, real dark. But, like, this looks just light, and, you know, that's what kind of drew me into it. I, I like the main casting. I, I don't can't remember his name, but he's in Chuck, which I watched a lot of. It was a good... Oh, it was a good... Yes, under, it's, Chuck, you know, yeah. it's not a very well-known comedy show, but it was a really good comedy sitcom uh, where he played a spy with superhero powers, and I think he sort of suits that role quite well, so... Yeah, I, I know DC are very good at doing trailers, though, so I'm, I'm still very sceptical, but it did look good. Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting anyway. And as you said, sort of like a light-hearted Deadpool, why not, eh? I'm up for it. Talking about DC trailers, though, Alex, you wanted to discuss... Did you know? Did you know? Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> <laughs> I will discuss another DC trailer then well, in Aquaman. Um, right. So Aquaman uh, got a full trailer released at San Diego Comic-Con. And, uh, you know, it looks like it could be all right. I mean, I'm feeling very optimistic anyway because it's directed by James Wan. And I think he's one of the best directors working at the moment, to be honest. I really love his stuff. And, I mean, I don't really like majorly CGI-heavy pieces of work unless yeah, I know exactly what I'm going to get get when I go into it and this looked like it was very very sort of CGI heavy to be honest but you know it's it, it, it's once again it's an origin story so we're finding out all about Aquaman who he is how he got his powers uh, from the trailer it shows that the main villain is going to be Aquaman's half brother who's also played by Patrick Wilson who I really like again uh, other half of the Fear for Mina cast um, it, it James always, Wan yeah always again, appears yeah. in James Wan films there's also Dolph Lundgren there as um, Aquaman's dad so that'll be interesting to see him in a serious role 
Uh, but serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're trying to give a serious performance. Anyway, it's got to be better than He-Man Masters of the Universe. But uh, yeah, once again, it seemed a little bit lighthearted. There was a, quite a lot of comedy injected into the trailer. And James Wan has done serious films before. He's done action films. He directed Fast Five. He, he's directing this, not producing it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because there's a difference between James Wan directing something and producing it. Yeah, James Wan will give money to anything, to yeah. be honest. I think, well, I, I've never really kind of paid attention to Aquaman in any shape or form, like as a kid growing up or whatever. And this film kind of strikes me as something that is more aimed towards the fans. Because the trailer had stuff like people riding crocodiles against people riding sharks. Now it's just like, what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> so for me, it didn't look great. But like I say, if you're a fan and you've read all the comics, it might be a wet dream. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Literally my... wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and finally, Alex, what was the trailer you wanted to discuss? Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Decent, oh, really? Fantastic <laughs> Beasts. Uh, yeah, Fantastic Beasts 2. Uh, sort of a trailer. The trailer would look quite good. Johnny Depp being in it uh, put me off a little bit, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of Johnny Depp, generally. Um, you like Jude Law, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> Jude Law is Dumbledore. I really like the books of Harry Potter, so I, I'm not that interested in films. The films have always kind of annoyed me. But I have to say, watching this trailer, it did look quite fun as well to be honest like I, i've always wanted the harry potter books to be done well did you and, like uh, the original no what the films or the fantastic beasts the uh, no not really i didn't so i yeah i'm not holding out know? a lot of hope no i, I thought that was a, a really fan. good film as well I, I am a die-hard fan of the books so okay, anything I've that's not off i've never that, read so yeah it's a book though isn't it yeah it is joel and oh. you, have you read the book what for fantastic oh fantastic beasts, beasts. Sorry, beasts sorry, wasn't sorry, a book no. it wasn't a book no it is a book now though isn't it uh, I don't mm, think so. I think no, J.K. Rowling didn't write. It was. It's kind of a book within the book. It was one of their, um, like one of their textbooks, like something mentioned when they were in school. It? Yeah, it was something yeah, mentioned. It, it wasn't an actual story. Make well, a story. I swore, I swore you could buy a book. Sorry, Zachary Levy, Chuck, just came back. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, full circle I've been torturing myself with that for a few minutes. <laughs> I tell you what, we're going to move Levy. off from this <laughs> this debate of whether Fantastic Beasts is a book and who Zachary Levy is. Uh, right, okay, so Alex, was there something that you wanted to mention in this week's Film Feels? Uh, yes, I did. So this week's Film Feels... <laughs> Pixar is about Pixar. So sorry, this is uh, related to what we're talking about. The Incredibles. I want to ask, what is your favourite animated film? I can see how eager you were to ask us that. How keen you were to know? <laughs> Just to say that Alex is about eight beers in, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm also judging. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, favourite animated film. Full stop. How do uh, we define? Yeah. How do just, we define just, an animation? Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't think this would be a big thing. Uh, just favourite animated film ever. What about the Transformers movie? Mm, okay, maybe more family orientated. I'm talking more, maybe Disney. All right, go the, for Disney. The, the cartoon. <laughs> That's what I was talking movie? about. Oh, oh my God, just pick a fucking cartoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I the, literally what, just what picked Joel a cartoon. Said. What, oh, what about All Dogs Go to Heaven? I like that. All right, thanks, Gav. <laughs> What's yours, Alex? Uh, favorite animated film? I might have to go for Shrek, to be honest. I did enjoy oh that a God. lot. It's I absolutely movie. loved Shrek. I thought that was a really, really good choice. I mean, and and... I've always thought of your judgment as being quite wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Shut nice. up, you good, good, good work, good work. Hasn't By it? the way, I thought seriously, Shrek was a good film, and so is Shrek Two and Shrek good soundtrack, good, and, good script, and yeah. whatever else happened with Shrek. <laughs> makes a good musical too. I saw it live, not yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I think probably my favorite animation. I, I've got to say, Lion King, just mm. because it's the first film I ever went to see twice at the cinema. Okay, when I was seven. Yeah. 
And yeah, oh, so that's nice. A little bit of nostalgia. <laughs> it's nice. Oh. Joel? Uh, you, I suppose you don't like films that uh, don't no, have explosions Mine would probably be the same answer as my musical, to be honest, in Hercules. I just absolutely loved it. That is great. When I was, it is uh, a great film. Yeah, it is a great film, so shut your mouth. <laughs> Joel, Joel's just phoning in here. Yeah. Every, every single film film is going to be Hercules for his answer. <laughs> Speaking about Hercules, Austin, can you smell that? Jesus. Whatever. <laughs> that was a really good link you had there and everything. That was going so well. <laughs> So anyway, uh, uh, The Rock uh, has been cooking quite up. Why does everyone look at me like they don't know what's going to come next? So <laughs> basically, in this week's Rock News, we were going to talk about our review of Skyscraper. Oh, shit, so yeah. uh, uh, myself and Austin <laughs> went out and celebrated the anniversary of Films on Trial, or on our own. Our no one one-year milestone. <laughs> Nobody else wants to come to watch uh, Skyscraper. But joke's on you, we had a lovely time. We had a delightful evening with a lovely meal and, um, a, and a pleasant film. The thing is, is that speaking to Austin beforehand, we went in fully with the expectation that it was going to be shit. No, you didn't. No, you, you two are <laughs> the biggest yeah, rock fan I've ever met. Like, Stop you trying would, to sell us this like, romantic story. You, you're just trying to sort of like put it down so then you can say, but really, it was like, but, but really, his performance was, was my I thought we were going to watch Incredibles. Yeah. So every time we were checking the time and the food wasn't coming out, I was like, oh, I don't think we're going to make the film. <laughs> and Gav was going, no, no, we're fine, we're fine. We were looking at two totally different timetables. Yeah. Uh, Even the walk to the cinema Ozzy was like mentioned this like b- bizarre things he was like oh to be honest I really enjoyed the first one and I was like oh, yeah okay uh, and he was Die like hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking like, it's been 14 years since the last one so I was like yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah I really like animated films but I was like oh, Ozzy what, what do you think we're going to go and watch here mate <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, but right so as a film I think you know, you know what it is, and I mean this more than I did when I tried to defend Rampage because obviously I was taking the piss there and I was trying to get a place on the hit list, and that wasn't a great film. But this, it knows what it is. Big blockbuster Hollywood action film never takes itself too seriously. A few things that I did really like about it, to be honest. Firstly, it's set in China. And the majority of the cast are Chinese. There's bits in where they're communicating in Mandarin or, or Cantonese, and uh, it doesn't sh- shy away from the fact that it's in China. Subtitles. Yeah, yeah, it, it, with yeah, subtitles. Yeah, so, because yeah. so, usually it's like, oh, we've got a film in China, predominantly yeah, yeah. Um, American cast or people speaking in English. Um, that was great. Also, I thought it was very ethnically diverse um, cast. It was a cast uh, with uh, people from different countries as well. So, there's people from uh, Denmark, Sweden, China. Uh, and Neve Campbell was uh, was in it, and I thought she was great as well. And she wasn't used as a tired stereotype of you know the family that needs saving because that's what I thought it was going to be because that's what it was setting it up for at the beginning. But actually, she took care of herself a lot. She was doing a lot of the stunts as well. She was leaping from burning buildings and rescuing the kids and knocking Sounds people out. Absolute shit. It was, <laughs> I know. Joel, honestly, just, this is like your your dream film. Yeah, you, you if, really if you replace this. The Rock with Leonardo DiCaprio, you would have an instant <laughs> boner right now. Yeah, and the fire with like. You mean Floods. replacing a bad actor with a good actor? Exactly my thought. I'm replacing our dream actor with your dream actor. Just suffice to say that me, me and Austin had it skyscrapers was... in our pants while we were watching. <laughs> we had what would you well, would call an eruption. Should we move on from that one? Yeah, 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 best yeah. Dad. <laughs> right, okay, well, thank you very much, guys, for nothing. Anyway, so as I said before, if you've never heard this film, if you've never heard this show, we basically take a film and we put it on trial. Uh, mostly the films are pulled out the hat of random but we did decide to pick this one at the cinema uh, because we wanted to do a current film so the roles are actually picked at random uh, in the role of 
prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is going to be Joel. In the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is going to be Austin. In the role of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinion to beef up this, the, uh, the arguments a little bit are going to be myself and Dave, which means that in the most important role of the show and the drunkest one here <laughs> is going to be Alex playing the judge. Hello. Uh, and he's basically going to listen to the arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put forward to him and not using his own opinion. So without further hesitation, let's give the listeners a bit of an insight as to what the film is about and spill out. I haven't drank at all in the slightest bit, but I'm just, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Really <laughs> I think it's I've just been sitting next to this close next to Brucey and all the <laughs> alcohol the fumes alcohol. coming off him, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, we're going to spin the wheel of impressions. Okay, so it has landed on Dave. Okay, and uh, basically you've just got to read the synopsis of the film out in the style of a person or character or an impression that we've picked. So, guys, it is The Incredibles 2. So, what should Dave read the synopsis out in the style of? Frozone? Frodo, no. did you just say? Frodo, yeah. yeah Frodo. <laughs> oh, fuck, I watched the wrong <laughs> film again. <laughs> what about uh, Mr. Incredible? Mr. Incredible. Or what about Elastic? No, no, what about Edna? Edna. Edna Mode. Edna. Yeah, Edna. Edna. Okay, Edna. right, Edna yeah, Mode. Edna Mode. Right, <laughs> okay, it. Dave. I have to do this. Okay, thank you, man. Okay, it's Edna Mode. Kind of, kind of nasally, bit nasally, of weird yeah. accent. Kind of, yeah. my God, you've gotten fat. Oh, you've got <laughs> it. Oh, you've got yeah. it. Yes. Yes. Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, is left to care for kids where Helen, Elastigirl, is out saving the world, darling. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Well done. Yes. Well done. Well done. I almost imagine if Gav had done that, it'd be Christopher Walken again. <laughs> it'd be my Arnie impression thing. Um, Is that saving the world? <laughs> uh, Darling. <laughs> right, okay, so Alex, without further hesitation, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yes, I, I haven't seen the film, so basically, you know, whenever I've not seen a film that's out of the cinema, convince me that I should go and pay some good money to go and see it. I am going to start off... Just to say as well, by the way, that it's going to be a very spoilerific episode. Yes, yes. it is. Very spoilerific. So, from me off. <laughs> to start with, I think I'm going, to, I'm going to want to hear prosecution first. So, Joel, okay. convince well, me. Just remember that the defence is somebody who went to see Skyscraper at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of this film, we've had to wait 14 years for a sequel, as Austin actually uh, alluded to earlier on. So, kids who watched this at the time, they're now all grown up. And while adults can enjoy it, you can't deny that it's made for a younger generation. So, we're seeing so many studios now, again, as we've alluded to time and time again, just grind out films to, to rake in the cash. And after the ending of something like Toy Story 3, uh, you know, how perfect that was left, and then watching The Incredibles 2, this effort, to be honest, has got me worried. Even Toy Story 4 will be tainted with the fourth release. The Incredibles 2, to me, represents nothing more than a greedy corporate remake of the original film. So when the original came out, we didn't have the Marvel Universe, we didn't have the Dark Knight even, we didn't have any of the superhero films that we have today. It was kind of groundbreaking, it was new, but now we've got higher benchmarks. We've got the things and other films to compare it to. Uh, the market is much more saturated now with superhero films and times are changing. However, in The Incredibles 2, the stories continues straight away from The Incredibles. And even though it's 14 years later, kind of time-wise, as we're sat here now, uh, it's as if nothing has actually changed. So the film hasn't evolved in message, tone or plot and is outdated in nearly every single way. 
So compare this to other Pixar films, such as Inside Out or Coco, which are recent ones. They touched on emotional and moving topics, and this film is just wacky, pointless action. There are certain set pieces which overshadow the others. The fight with, like, in the really small spaces with the LED lights, I thought that one was brilliant. And to be honest, it left a lot of the other fights kind of wanting. You compare it to other superhero films, even though this is an animated film, it still should be compared. Uh, Something like Infinity War, where even some of the kind of grander set pieces, they never felt as if they overshadowed the one before, because they were always exciting. Uh, this film also suffers from a massive dose of over-familiarity. It does nothing at all new with the plot. It's pretty much the exact same film with a different coat on it. The old bait-and-switch now is just so tired that it's hardly, wor- hardly worth watching even for a kid's film. It hits all the same notes as the original movie, down to the anxiety and fear of using their powers in public. So the original had something to say. There was a clear message in there as many Pixar films have and do, and as mentioned previously, but this has a tight, such a tight narrative that it lacks absolutely any ambition. Does it try and empower women by making the dad stay at home and having the females take the lead? Evelyn's motives, to be honest, as a villain, are depressingly simple. She harbors absolutely no ambition to actually take over DevTech. Instead, she just wants to be appreciated for the hard work that she does. Her alter ego seems to criticize consumerism and innovation, which are the very things Pixar thrive on. When you're sat in a cinema having paid the price of uh, an entry fee to get in, this one felt a little bit strange to me. Elastigirl uh, only seems to act with her family's permission and in doing so undermines her own authority. And the other uh, characters, Violent and Dash, their arcs largely exist to serve Bob's own storyline about learning to take hold of the house. Violet's particular story had a great deal of potential uh, in as far as exploring how a child with superpowers growing up in a world with superheroes are illegal could affect her sense of like well-being and self. But instead, her arc boils down to either focusing on her dating life or providing a challenge for Bob to overcome, which is just an overblown stereotype. And considering how much fans enjoyed watching the adventures of the, the Parr family in the original, it's somewhat of a letdown to see them all ill-served by the sequel. Um, just finally, we do get a lengthy, lengthy sorry, debate about whether it's better to set a good example for kids by obeying an unjust law or just break it in the hopes of affecting a change in the future. We get a fa- fatally flawed bit of monologue from the villain. We get a weird on-the-nose uh, consideration from Mrs. Incredible about whether it's more important to be the salesman who gets people to line up for your product or to be the designer who makes up her mark and shakes up the status quo. And something which we've criticized other films heavenly for, you never actually get the answers in this film. And for me, I was sat there in the cinema, and this is a kid's film, and these messages must surely be lost on kids. It's so overly complicated and over-complex in the message that it tries to convey that I feel like entertaining kids is just one thing on a list that this film actually tries to accomplish. Oosh. Okay. Strong stuff. I can see, Ozzy, you are raring to go here. Uh, straight in. I feel are you ready like, to go? Oh, I'm straight in. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Well, I'm not entirely sure we watched the same film. I mean, Joel's picked up on loads of points there that I, I want to pick up on as well, but seems to have just taken away I don't know, just a totally different view of, of the matter. So, um, I mean, for me, like the film is a continuation of the original film. It picks up immediately at the end of the last one. So the Underminer 
who's a great villain, by the way. So he gets a great scene at the start. You know, he's got that best line in there. What's it? He says, um, uh, oh, fuck, I've forgotten his line now. It's about... Um, <laughs> Obviously really memorable. Yeah, but he's... Uh, <laughs> well, it's because he says it at the end of the last one, and he's about, um, oh, yeah, I'm beneath everyone, but nothing is beneath me, you know, and he'll do anything and you know and he, and he gets away and it's just it sets the scene immediately and it just carries it straight on so supers are illegal which you know you forget from the end of the last one that's why you know they're misunderstood nobody wants the superheroes anymore and that's where this picks up you know and that's why it's just such a you know they're, they're misunderstood they're um they're out of the way and th- this is now moves different characters into the limelight the last one was mainly about bob you know in the family unit and uh, and now you know he's got to take a back seat while elastigirl gets it's been taken up by this PR company. You know, she's now the face of the supers. Let's make them, you know, shiny. She gets this brand new suit. You know, she's looking like the sexy face of the superheroes. Let's get them uh, to the forefront. Let's, you know, it's a big charm offensive. You know, they put, she goes out there and she saves the world from uh, runaway trains. You know, she's out there being a political lobbyist, you know, and she's got this flash new bike. So it's all new tools, all exciting, action packed from the get go. You know, it's, it's busy straight away which is great entertainment for kids. You know, it does that straight away, you know, and then back at home, you've got Bob. He's got his own challenges. He's, um, he's got to look after the kids. You know, he's never had to do that before. And it's one of his things. It's, I think the film is layered. It's got this very simple narrative, superhero basic narrative for the kids to follow. And there's stuff in there for families and older people. You know, Bob's, Bob's you know, he's a middle-aged man and he's there and he's trying to deal with the, you know, the, the mundane reality of of trying to look after kids when he's never had to do that before he's got a line in there and he says you know i'm a i'm mr incredible you know i'm not mr so-so i'm not mr mediocre and it's just that realization and i think that would ring true with so many people you know just breaking into parenthood uh or who've been through parenthood and have had to to deal with that it's it's there for them you know these bits so it's it's like you know it, it depicts those things it's got little digs at um the political classes about um and that's coming from the the PR team, you know, the guy who wants to win the supers back. He's saying that, you know, people don't trust uh, the politicians. You know, I've got people, lobbyists on my um, on my payroll, things like that. So he's, um, it sort of gives you the insight into how things are working. And I think it's not too complex for a kid to get, you know, there were kids in the cinema when I was there and they were, they were lapping it up as much as I was. But, you know, there are, there are things that are definitely not aimed at kids. They're aimed at older people who are more knowing, you know, it's a, I mean, essentially, you know, the narrative's quite, uh, trying to think what the word is, but, you know, it, it's quite, it, it's quite true for modern times, you know, it's about the supers, it's, it's a longing for like a 1960s America, which is kind of like, you know, the conservative view that's sort of pushing out in America at the moment, but in a slightly different twist, but it's, it's so well, it's so well done, you don't, you know, you don't think of those two parallels as such, but when I come back to look at it from a separate way. You get there, it's so much deeper than, than Joel's given it credit for. Um, Joel mentioned about the, you know, is it really a feminist thing to have the, the stay-at-home dad? And, and genuinely, I think it is. The, the main characters, you know, the main protagonist and the main antagonist are women. And then some of the main supporting cast are women. You know, there's, um, so, you know, the mum's out, she's able to do mothering from the home and super heroics without destroying, you know, the, the city. Unlike, you know, Mr. Incredible, he's, you know, he, he can't, he's struggling to do the kids. He has to lie. You know, he's out there saying, look, I'm trying to do my best here so she can be, I'm trying to be incredible back here so she can be incredible out there. Um, you know, the main villain is a woman 
And Joel mentions that, you know, she's got no real motive, but what she does, the motive is that her parents were killed because her dad was relying on superheroes. Instead of her dad just ringing the police like any normal person would do, he didn't. He, he relied on these superheroes and they let, them, let him down. And then her parents were killed because of that. So her whole thing is, to, you know, to tell people to, and, and, and I agree with Joel here that it's a weird narrative for Pixar to push the whole, you know, start thinking for yourselves. Don't be, you know, don't be consumers. You know, you're watching talk shows, you're watching movies instead of going out and making stories and doing things for yourself. But, um, but that's the, the point. I mean, I, I do agree that maybe the, you know, the director doesn't believe that because she's the bad guy, but you know, the actual the actual arc is there that she's out trying to push something that you know it, she believes in it's not because she wants to you know it's not she doesn't want to take over dev tech that's not what she's trying to do she's trying to educate the world to think for themselves and not to just rely on you know this special few to come and look after everyone so so i feel like although joel's picked up on lots of the main points just totally taking a different different angle so i don't quite I just don't agree you with them. Do not agree. <laughs> total, I can, I can say you got, yeah. you got very different viewpoints here. Oh, yeah. uh, I, it seems to me, I'm, I'm going to really interest to see what character witnesses feel about this. seems like the main thing we're talking about here is sort of the message behind the film. And Joel sort of saying that he didn't really feel like the message was quite convoluted. There was a tank narrative. He was saying like there was a lot of action pieces, which weren't particularly good, but the message sort of got, lost a little bit it was there but it was it didn't sound it didn't feel like it landed very much before you jump to those guys you mentioned that the action pieces were not very good i i absolutely beg to differ i thought the action pieces were all good and some of the best fight scenes in fact my favorite fight scene was actually jack jack against a raccoon that (laughs) scene was done absolutely (laughs) brilliantly it's just shot like um like an excellent martial arts movie there's long lingering shots you see both of them you see them uh interacting together um you know, you see the fear in the raccoon's eyes as Jack Jack the baby is developing you because you realise he's got superpowers, and it's just so well done. You know, it's okay. It's reminiscent of a different film altogether. O- it's awesome. I feel Aussie incredible. Thinks, in fact, Ozzy thinks the nice. Ozzy <laughs> thinks the action set pieces are very good, and I, I think what I want to know a little bit here is: it seems a lot of difference. But did the message land in this film? Like. Was it, you know, Ozzy saying that there was a layered message, so there was something for the children there, and there was also something for, you know, people facing parenthood, not facing, but entering parenthood for the first time. It was it was layered, it was complex, but it was there. Joel's saying it wasn't there, it was all a bit messy, is, is the impression I got. Uh, Gav, how did you, what did you think about the messages in the film? I'm going to 100% completely agree with Joel on this one. I felt the entire film was very unnecessary. It didn't, it felt like it didn't really need to be made. Um, you know, Pixar waited 14 years for this and I thought the story was going to be rock solid and a tale that really needed to be told, but it just wasn't the case. It ended up being this really tired, freaky Friday, gender swap role storyline that's been told a million times by Hollywood before. It's like, can a woman go and be a breadwinner? Can a man look after children and cook and clean? You know, what's going to happen? You know, it's bonkers. Did you think it was a relevant message for today? Not, Not really. It's just like sort of it felt to me that it was the same film being told again so we had the 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 core story was one of the incredibles gets offered a secret job um to use their superpowers and there's actually a, a sinister ulterior motive behind it they get in danger the family needs to rescue them that all happened in incredibles one when incredibles one left off 
the family were brought together and that was the most interesting part of the story i felt like they should have built on that and made this film all about the family but instead they just told the exact same story again relegating the family that we know we we kind of came to like at the end of the last film relegating them to sort of side character parts we hardly hear anything from violet or the other kids and it just felt unnecessary the whole thing was like a sort of you know that as i said that gender swap storyline which is just unnecessary not a layered message no 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 i'm not really i would have liked it more if the focus would have been on the the family i mean it was great uh as he was saying that you know the main focus was um miss uh, the elastigale is it and that the main protagonist and one of the antagonist as well was uh, was a was a female but once again that felt like it was coming a a million miles off as well it was like oh who's who's the big baddie here there's only two main other characters in it is it going to be one or is it going to be the other and didn't quite land no i don't think it landed at all to be honest dave what did you think um i can't disagree with gav or joel especially about how formulaic it seemed how this is a story we've seen from hollywood maybe 10 20 years ago not not quite sure why it's relevant now They, they both make excellent points and Joel does pick up on a good point that did bother me at the time. There's this uh, dialogue between uh, Elastigirl and the, the the woman who turns out to be the villain. And it, it, I think Joel said it was weird or confusing or something like that. He's absolutely right. It took me out of the moment. I was like, this is really forced, laboured dialogue. Why are they having this conversation? This isn't natural at all. And uh, I'm pleased Joel flagged that up. But all in all, even though I can't disagree with their points... I am more in Aussie's corner on this one, I mm. would say. It was very entertaining. I'm not so sure about the message. I think there's a few messages out there, you know, for kids or for new parents. I'm neither. So maybe I'm missing that point of the message. But there were bits, uh, particularly not just his interaction with as a new parent, but his interaction with his older kids as well, I, which I thought were fantastic. There's this great bit where his son has to help with his maths homework. <laughs> and <laughs> there's this great bit where you just see him like tearing pages out of the book and it's like, that's not how they want us to do it, Dad. This is the way I know how to do it. Why did they change? Change math. <laughs> although I'm not a parent myself, I remember my mum and my dad almost saying that to me yeah, at one a point. A lot of people say that. They have changed math. I don't know why yeah. they've done it. They have changed maths. But um, and Ozzy's right about the raccoon fight with the baby. That is hilarious. so. Yeah, just just quickly before we go back to points, yes. uh, action set pieces. What did you think, Dave? Very good. Yeah. Really well done. I thought, yeah, very well done. And Gav. I, I'm glad Austin brought that bit up before. It was, you know, some of it was was good. Some of it felt overproduced again. That bit where the baby just basically mercilessly tortures a raccoon. What the hell was that about? It went on for did, ages did, as well. Did, did the raccoon have it come in? Yes. The raccoon was basically <laughs> eating out of the of the bin, right? Yeah, and the baby took umbrage. But you've got to think like, that the baby's only reference has been that TV show that is on at the same time. There was a mass drop. I'm, I'm right. guessing it was a Taking jokey way out. of oh, yeah. fighting oh, a raccoon. Oh, it was. Course, it, yeah. was yeah. it wasn't a serious fight. Yeah, no, it, 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 it does was, destroy that record. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it went on for such a long time as well. It went is on it? for a long time. The raccoon's okay. face when the baby bursts into flames and starts walking towards him is brilliant. Okay, thank you, character witnesses. Very good. Um, Ozzy, Joel got to go first last time. Uh, any more? Any more things to tell me? Convince me. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the direction. Brad Bird, right, is a tried and tested action. You know, he's an action hero in terms of creating things. You know, he knows that he did Mission Impossible. Um, you know, he was even part of The Simpsons. He's, you know, he's a hero of mine. If you anyone who can do great scenes in The Simpsons, it's going to be a big one for me. Um, I think he even did, uh, I think he was involved with the first, well, he was, he did the first Incredibles as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And um, you can tell, it, you know, it, it feels like the same film, and I don't think that's a bad thing. The first film was incredible. 
you know, literally. Nice. Uh, that was a, that was actually a phone <laughs> that was was yeah. All of my other ones, I mean, all of my titles here say like They're Brad pumped. Bird, incredible director. That's what I've actually written down here. But I, I really do think that it fills, it follows on brilliantly from the, the last one, and and I don't think it has to be a new story. What you know, why does it have to be something that's oh a great new tale that has to be told? It can be the same story. It's fourteen years later. We've got new kids to tell the story to, you know, to give this new, uh, a new message to. And I think it does include a uh, new route. I mentioned that before, you know, different things to talk about, but um, I mean, rather than labor that again, I think this time around it's got, it's a huge spectacle, bigger than the last one in terms of the actual set pieces. And I, and I don't think that's a, um, a problem at all. It, um, Joel mentioned about it being a very uh, tight narrative yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe too simple. So it means that it's, you can't, uh, you can't you can't get too much out of it. You know, yeah. it's just it's set piece. But it, it's but not it, set piece really after set piece. No, no. I mean, there there is that, but the actual story is um, it's more you know it's multifaceted. And I think both Joel and uh, Gav there talked about. Well, um, maybe Dave did as well. But there was this talk about her having to ask. You know, is it a feminist piece when she's asked uh, permission to go out and do that? That's a that's a family trait. You know, what I mean, mm. you don't. Someone in a family, I mean, and Joel's going to learn this in a few months' time, hmm. is you don't just go off and do whatever you want anymore. You, you know, you have to ask, you have to check, you know, this is part of the family unit. So if I want to go and do something, yeah, I can just go and do it, but it's not very fair on the rest of the family. You know, you have to, you make decisions as a family to to deal with what you're going to do going forward. And that's what she does. And I think it captures that family life the same way it did in the first one. I think it still captures it really well in this. You know, it's perfect. And Does it freshen it up then from the first one? Because it needs to be a little different, doesn't it, surely? Yeah, it does, but, you know, not massively. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't, it's not massively fresh compared to the first one. It's the same stuff again, but I don't think that's a bad thing. The first one was a really good film. You know, we're 14 years later. Why not tell, And you know, why not continue the film sure. with like a series? You know, you don't. Nobody cares that the Evil Dead's the same story every every six months. You know, it's it's just the same ten episodes with a few new characters. There's no problem with that. This is this is fine for me. Okay, all it right. Should be for you. Oh. <laughs> wow, I mean that was that was directly into my eyes. It's <laughs> quite that was quite intense. He's got uh, like gaze. Hasn't he, he doesn't he? Doesn't he? Uh, Joel, uh, you know, wh- where do you come on that? Like it, it worked the first time. It's going to work the second time, and it does work. It seems, you know, Dave was saying it's fun. The action pieces are really good. Kids are going to love it. What's what's the problem here? Well, it, I mean, it is a fun film, but like I've said, everything that about this film is just there to make money. Um, we've seen it before with th- things like you know, Fast and Furious five, six, seven, eight, whatever we're on now. They're the fun films, but you wouldn't actually say a lot of them are brilliant films. They're just kind of pumped out because they know that they make money. And I think this is kind of exploitation here at its finest in terms of exploiting the popularity of the first film. And Austin said it feels like the the same film. And as I mentioned before, that's pretty much because it is exactly the same film. The message in the first film is kind of clear as well. So it was always lauded for having such a, a kind of profound message. And I, I can't remember the actual tagline from the first film, but it's something like uh, everybody is incredible or something like that. And it's... It's kind of basically about looking at you know at yourself and finding uh, you know something unique about yourself and being happy with yourself and all that type of thing. Uh, but 
it, there's nothing here, like I say. They, it tries to do certain things and all of them just fall flat. And for a kid's film, it's far too complex for that anyway. Uh, the movie, it does try to empower women, but it's done in the wrong way and it makes it look old-fashioned. You know, get what Austin's saying about, uh, you know, communication and things like that within a family, but that's not really what happens here. She comes back to her, to Mr. Incredible and says, do you think, you know, we should do this where it's her job i don't come home and say to, uh, something about my job to uh, my partner and say because you're the man well no it's because it's my job and it's my job to know what my job is i make my own decisions but overall it's a backward step in terms of that and it, it's very confused and it's a very poor and dilated attempt as well to deliver a message and um, to be honest if you look at pixar as a history they've proven that they can't actually make sequels with the exception of toy story Nearly every single one has been underwhelming. You look at Cars 2, which is probably one of the worst Pixar films. Monsters University, very underwhelming. Finding Dory, again, was just another cash grab. And it's something that the studio has done uh, pretty badly recently in terms of going for the money rather than making good films. It's actually when they make the more unique films, um, like some of the ones that I mentioned before, like Inside Out, uh, when I feel that they're, they're doing their best work. So for me, you know, that is pretty much it in a nutshell. I just don't think that this film did anything new or tried to do anything new. And I think doing the same thing 14 years later, for me, is just a a massive oversight on their part. Okay. Character witnesses. Uh, Ozzy's uh, Ozzy's main thing is, yeah, no, they didn't do it. It worked the first time. It worked the second time. It it doesn't matter. It's a good story. It's for a little generation because it's 14 years later. It doesn't hugely matter. Uh, Joel's saying, it's 14 years later. Why isn't there a new message? It was a long time. We should have had something. The main thing is, is it stale? Does this film feel stale when you watch it? Or does it feel just as fresh as the first one? Uh, Dave? Joel's right. This is a recycled story. It's essentially a mirror image of the first one, but it didn't feel stale. I was still very much entertained. I was still very much enjoying the film that was in front of me. I, you recognise the similarities straight off. You know, it's not it's not subtle. But I see what Austin's saying about it. It's been fourteen years since the last one. The flip side of that is we waited fourteen years for this. But on the other hand, the kids that watched The Incredibles back then have grown up and, you know, it's been a while since they saw it. There's a new generation of kids out there that that won't remember seeing the original in that kind of context. So I don't think, it might, I think it'll get away with it, I think, in the grand scheme of things. But it is a mirror image of the story. There's no, there's no lie in that. Okay, Gav? Um, yeah, I, I just felt like it was a weaker version of uh, The Incredibles 1, to be honest. Um, nothing else that I really wanted to add. I mean... I think I think it it does try a lot to upend gender stereotypes in films by having the main protagonist be Elastigirl and the antagonist being a female as well. But I just think that it uses the old tired trope of the gender role swap to bad effect. To be honest, I would have preferred it if it would have been just okay. We're going to do this. I'm going to be the superhero breadwinner, and I'm going to be the stay-at-home dad. That was something that they just agreed. And, you know, it wasn't sort of like, can, can these guys do it? You know, I mean, it's, it, it just felt tired to me, to be honest. And all in all, yeah, just a little bit, uh, it just, it didn't land, I don't think. Okay. Interesting stuff. I've got a lot to think about. Can I have some diversion? Is there a quiz, perhaps? 
There is a quiz. Are we doing closing <laughs> statements? Oh, sorry. You may do closing statements first. I am so sorry. Son uh, of a bitch. Well, I've had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joel, your minute starts now. Okay, Pixar has exceptionally high standards, and in my opinion, it absolutely should be held accountable for them. This film falls short on most of them. It's a tired and outdated sequel, and it hasn't evolved at all with the times. We've waited 14 years for this, and it's just a rehashed cash grab. There's too many stereotypes in its characters. It feels too predictable in its story. It doesn't feel fresh, and it falls flat in nearly every message that it tries to deliver. Uh, gong gong <laughs> right uh, thanks Thank- there we go Gav well done <laughs> the app one, was loading yes. one, one job itself, one, one job uh, right Ozzy your time starts now yeah okay anyway Joel is is totally misplaced in this. He's got no idea what he's talking about. Nor is Gav. You know this. Boi- <laughs> this is a boisterous sequel, and it genuinely worked. This magic. It's got uh, fab future. You know, it's like weird retro designs. In, in the, the actual visuals are stunning, and the score, which I didn't touch on before, is absolutely incredible as well. It's uh, it's really snappy. It's got loads of charm. There are loads of gags aimed at kids and loads aimed at older viewers. So it's so fun for you know all ages. Um, you know, th- th- there's a there's depiction of like exhausting perils of parenting. You know, it really strikes a chord with with so many people in the audience, and um, uh, and it's a serious movie. You know, lurking at the heart of what looks like a you know simple kids' entertainment, and it's uh, it takes timely swipes at gender inequality, family stress, and the modern triumph of salesmanship over substance. I wish I'd rehearsed that a tiny bit better, but <laughs> boom! No, I think <laughs> you had that, man. Yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, right, uh, Dave, do you have a quiz? I do have a quiz. It's it's a little simpler than one of the last quizzes I did, which got a little overcomplicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good quiz, Dave. It, it was still fun. It was still fun. This this should be much a much more simpler affair. It's something I call incredible or inconceivable. All I want you to do is I'm going to give you the names of supervillains or heroes. You've got to tell me if they legitimately are superheroes or villains from the Marvel or the DC universe or whatever it may be, or have I just made them up? I love the ones where we just make it up. I've made some of these just up off off the top of my head. So first up, we have got Frogman, a superhero with a bouncing frog suit, which helps him crash into his opponents. Is he incredible or is he inconceivable? Incredible. Incredible. Inconceivable. Incredible. Well done, he is incredible, he is real, he is from the Marvel Universe, sorry Joel. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The next one we have up, we have Dog Welder. He wears a welding mask and he welds dogs to people. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, no, no, clarification. He welds dogs to people. Yes. Is this incredible or is this inconceivable? I'm going to say incredible. Because there's no way... No, yeah, incredible. I cannot on. have thought of that, but it must be inconceivable. No one could have conceived of that. Um, yeah, it's got to be incredible. It's probably... Right. I wouldn't... I'd be surprised if this is Marvel, but it's some shit that DC's thought of. Or, or Dave uh, I'm going to say incredible as well. There's no way... Well, I'd, I'd love it for you to have thought of it, but it's just... It's too far-fetched for it not to be real. It's incredible. Oh, my <laughs> God! It's from the DC universe. That's <laughs> just, I, I, I've never been happy to be wrong. There was also a dog welder, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Sorry, he welds... 
he welds, he, welds he uses like people. a blowtorch yes. to weld. Okay. Yes. It's, it reminds me of that. Um, it's it's conceivable. It's conceivable. I, yeah, I, I feel like the dogs would What's suffer. What's the problem Okay. The dogs are already dead, I believe. I, I don't know. Just, just the why, I think, yeah. is confusing me. The bovine defender, a cow-themed superhero who takes on fast food restaurants. That's got to be inconceivable. Inconceivable. I'm going with that. I don't know. It sounds like the shit they do in America. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go with inconceivable, though. I'm going to say incredible, just to be different. Sorry, Ozzy. Oh, <laughs> it, it, I made it up on the spot. Too good <laughs> a name. Not Too good a name to be. <laughs> Captain Calculus, a mathematical superhero oh. who defeats villains with the use of infinitesimal calculus. Uh, tr- in- in- incredible? Incredible, I'm going to go with. Incredible. So. Well, I was going to say incredible, because there's that one from... Um, Calculator uh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I just maybe, I'm going to say uh, the other one. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Ozzy gets a point. I made it up. He's not real. Oh, but it's, it's, <laughs> well that's stumbling Dave. over that line. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I just wrote that. I, I thought that might throw you a bit, <laughs> to be honest with you. I thought I'd take my time with that word. Crazy Quilt, a villain who hypnotizes villains with, with, villains with flashing colored lights. Uh, true. Incredible. As a dog welder was true, so uh, Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. I'm going to say inconceivable because that's very much like the baddie from uh, Incredibles. Ah, uh, with regret, he's real. All oh, right, okay. He's real. He's from wow. DC again. Oh, well done, DC. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> we have Maestro Forte, a classically trained composer turned supervillain. True, yeah, incredible. Definitely. No, inconceivable. I want it. Inconceivable. Yeah. Incredible. Alex and Joel have got it. I yeah. made him up. Well, no, I sort of made well him up. Dave. He's actually a character from the sequel to Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted oh. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't a supervillain. He was just an organ or something. I don't know. <laughs> the Plasterer defeats bank robbers by sealing them in the very vaults they're trying to rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, please, incredible. Please, inconceivable. Inconceivable. I've seen The Plasterer in Gav South, and it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and Joel get it again. Yeah, I made him up. He's well not real. Dave. As if he's real. Come on. Arm fall off boy. He has the ability to remove his limbs and club people with them. Fuck oh, Jesus. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Please. Incredible as well. Incredible. Incredible. You're all right. He's real. Oh, wow. Guess guess which universe he's from? DC. DC. They strike again. <laughs> My God. Matter eater lad. Ability to eat any matter. <laughs> uh, in- in- Is matter that like Greek dish? Anything. <laughs> he can eat that and he has no there are no repercussions for it you're thinking that the Greek superhero feta eating lads <laughs> in, incredible uh, inconceivable sorry I was thinking of the Portuguese um, cream egg custard dish the natta Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to say uh, Inconceivable. That's Jack. <laughs> He's one of the characters in Incredibles, isn't he? <laughs> he said Inconceivable. I'm sorry, he is incredible. Oh, He's wow. real. Guess which universe he's from? DC. DC. Go DC. And the final one, Honeybee Man. One-time superhero of unknown origin who took part in a sting operation against gangsters knowing it was a suicide mission. My my God. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. I'm going to go with Incredible just because I want it to be Too well written to be real. It's inconceivable. <laughs> totally inconceivable. Yes. <laughs> Go, Dave. You need to write oh, that comic. Well oh. done, guys. I have to say, though, Alex, you won. Hey. Well done. Well done. Well done. You win a Freddo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Right. Which you won't get. <laughs> <laughs> Melted Freddo. <laughs> right. To come down to the verdict. Um, okay. This film, you, you disagreed a lot on this film. It seems like you watched almost totally different films. Um, 
a big point that the character witnesses and everyone was talking about was um, this is for a new generation. I'm going to say that actually I think kids do remember films. I think DVDs are rewatched and rewatched and rewatched and rewatched. And I think kids who are watching The Incredibles 2 will definitely have seen The Incredibles 1. I, I, I think most households with kids will have seen The Incredibles. It was a very popular film. So I don't think that really this will be a new time to see it. I don't think it will be that fresh for them. Um, it just didn't convince me that the message was the strongest in this film. I just wasn't convinced by it. It felt a little bit, it sounded like a little bit re uh, rehashed a bit and also it sounded a little bit clumsy in places. It didn't seem like it really sort of all pulled together and had a strong message. I was very convinced that there were really good action set pieces, that there were good lines, there were good characters and there were good jokes. So it felt to me like it had all the bits that you need surrounding a really good kids film. In the right order. But <laughs> it didn't have the heart that a kids film really needs. I don't think it had that just central unifying message that runs through a really good kids film and many just adult films, but I just don't think it was there. And for that reason, I'm sorry, it's going on the shit list. I'm disappointed, man. <laughs> Ozzy, how many times have I been on the other side of this microphone? <laughs> the whole time he was looking at Ozzy, smiling. <laughs> uh, okay, so genuine opinions like here. <laughs> genuine opinions, Joel, did you really hate it as much as you made out? No, I didn't hate it, but it's definitely worse than the original. And as far as Pixar goes, it's definitely, I would say, one of their worst that they've done as well. So no. it's, uh, I'd say it's pretty much on the right list if you hold Pixar accountable to the standards that they normally perform at. And Austin? I loved it. I thought it was way better than the first. I thought it was actually, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd go with the opposite to Joel. I'd say it's one of their best. Are you I sure you didn't watch the were... first and thought it was the second? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first and then the second just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But uh, yeah, I thought it was right up there with Up and um, that was DreamWorks, wasn't it? Not even Pixar. Right. But uh, <laughs> it was right up there with uh, Inside Out and, and the first one. I thought it was really oh, good. Up was Pixar, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Uh, it was good anyway. Character witnesses, you just said what that's, you said. How yeah, you I think maybe I was a little bit too harsh on it, but I think it's just because I, I really liked the first one and I wanted it to be more about the family. And when I went in, I mean, you know me, I, I'm, I'm all for like gender equality in films and I'm always saying that, you know, like female uh, roles should be given more in especially big blockbuster films. But I just thought that the whole essence of The Incredibles was about the family unit and it just didn't feel like that. It just felt like a lot of the other family members were just relegated to side parts. Uh, yeah, so, Dave? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I was thoroughly entertained, to be honest with you. I really liked it. I'd, I'd have put it on the hit list. But I see where Joel was coming from. It's flawed. It is flawed. And I wouldn't say it's quite as good as the first one, but really enjoyable. And I would recommend watching it. Okay, so higher or lower than our previous bonus episode, which was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which, before you say anything registered at 6.5 out of 10 at least you're learning definitely higher low sevens okay i think high eights oh well not that high but 8.2 out of 10 so well done it's, austin it's, yeah um so just just before we close things <laughs> off i think it's time for a little bit of a caption contest you can so, walk home tonight <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically i've taken a screenshot of the film and i've asked for all of our friends and followers on twitter to provide a caption and um the winner is going to win a frog shaped chocolate treat 
which have uh, been unfortunately in this heat wave we've been experiencing not really been surviving the transit we've just him um, <laughs> like a frog <laughs> just like, like, like just, a real frog just like a real they've frog. not made it <laughs> where's dog welder when you need him uh, so yeah we just had frog a, welder. Frog frog welder. <laughs> anyway Right, uh, so what I would recommend, guys, if you do win this, whack it in the fridge when you get it, and then eat it once it's cold. It might be too little too late for some <laughs> Okay, so you guys have just got to pick your favourite caption here. So starting off with, oh, I've got to tell you what it's about. So it's essentially Mr. Incredible and Frozone um, looking up. Mr. Incredible's kind of stopping as if to say, halt, and there's a giant um, shadow looming over them. So the first one says, I didn't know your mother was in town. Ouch. Um, the second one, I think, is a reference to Juice Bigelow. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> um, the cat did not like that one, so <laughs> no, that will not be not. getting a Fredo. Strike against. Um, okay, uh, is that the Marshmallow Man? Uh, <laughs> uh, Baymax has gone rogue. <laughs> nice. I, I don't know what that is, Dave. That, What's that's that? a big Hero 6 reference. All oh, right, okay. All oh, right, yeah, okay, get it, yeah. Uh, I thought he was exaggerating when he said 65 feet. <laughs> Uh, we've got one here look out it's James Gunn falling from grace oh. topical topical yikes uh, we've got uh, uh, preparing to catch the unaccountability airborne turtle what the hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've it's got surreal yeah. I uh, like it just, just for that kind yeah. of abstract feeling too. Uh, really regretting finding that super suit right about now <laughs> uh, told you this is a bad place to watch the Macy's Parade um, oh, we've got we've got another one about the marshmallow man, the marshmallow candy puff man from Ghostbusters is back with a vengeance. Uh, I warned you uh, to re- I warned you to remember a birthday Frozone. <laughs> Frozone wow. is like stop in the name of love. Um, another one when your mother in law comes to visit. Uh, when is this the same person? Just we got another one here. Uh, when you realise your firstborn can walk unassisted. <laughs> Um, ah, baby Jack Jack is loose again. And then we've got two very similar ones at the end. Is that a Trump baby? And the last one is when the Trump baby blimp attacks. Uh, is that a Trump baby? I think I would. I, I'd give it the James Gunn one. But that's uh, Yeah, James Gunn one. So you've got the decider. Ozzy? I'm happy with either of them. I don't. I didn't get the James Gunn reference. So I don't know whether you, whether it's worth right. elaborating. Okay, or... Yeah, I, 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 I think <laughs> I I'm going to give is, it yeah. to. This was Rad Podcast. Well done for the quote. Look out! It's James Gunn falling from grace. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's topical. We'll explain it to you off air, Austin. Uh, but just to say, uh, while before we close the show, <laughs> I will explain it to you off air. Don't worry. <laughs> I do. I'm really. Oh, I'm just okay. going to Google it now. Okay. <laughs> uh, just before we call it a day, just to say thank. Thank you very much to everyone who's listened to this episode and to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes before. You can catch our future episodes on any podcast platform, especially iTunes, and on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. Why not check us out on Twitter, at Film Trials, where you can suggest a film for us to put on trial. We will put it on the hat, hopefully get around to reviewing it. Uh, also, while you're there, why not check out our friends and collaborators at Aussie Ray and at the underscore quirks. That's Austin Ray and Winston Sang, our music producer and graphic artist, respectively. And check us out on all other social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just to say that this has been a one-off bonus episode and our next one-off bonus episode in a few weeks' time is going to be the Jason Statham shark actioner, The Meg. So looking forward to that. We've picked the roles out of the hat at random for that one in the role of defense. It's going to be me. 
good. <laughs> in the role of prosecution, we've got uh, Captain Dave. Okay. In the role of character witness, we have got Alex and we've got Austin. And in the role of judge, it's going to be Joel. So look forward to that one. So just to say thank you very much, everyone. And we will be in your ears next time with something else. Goodbye. Goodbye.